It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Volvo XC60 Recharge Plug-In Hybrid is about performance. Not just on the road, but in life. With not only trunk space, but room to make memories. It's electric with a backup plan where the only speed that matters is how fast you can slow down. The Volvo XC60 Recharge Plug-In Hybrid. Performance where it matters the most. Visit volvocars.com US to learn more. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Who they think they're going to beat them Bengals? It is the Locked On Bengals Podcast with your hosts Joe Goodberry and Jake Lisko. Find us on Twitter at Joe Goodberry and at Jake underscore NFL. Please like, subscribe, and share as we try to grow this community and pump out daily Bengals content just for you. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast, wherein I apologize for briefly this morning losing my cool after yesterday I said, you know what, I'm going to I'm gonna wait and see where they are tomorrow. And I lost my hope there for a few hours this morning, and then I was proved right, and I'm going to take a victory lap a little bit, because I, I was right. Y'all were on my case this morning. And rightfully so. And I lost my hope. I lost my way. Because after they missed on all the linebackers, and there were reports that they were talking to anybody, and that was very concerning. Then everything changed. So I'm going to talk first about who they signed, how much they signed them for, the immediate impacts. Later on in the show, I've got Arif Hassan from the Athletic Minnesota And he's going to talk to us about Trey Wayne's strengths and weaknesses, get a scouting report. We know that the contract isn't great. That's okay. We're going to talk about the player because we kind of have to accept the contract for what it is. And I'm also going to talk about DJ Reader, the the big signing of the day. So let's get into it. After a day one of free agency led to nothing of particular note for the Bengals, they made a splash on day two. And we'll start out by talking about the first signing that came out for the Bengals, DJ Reader, the nose tackle from the Houston Texans, who usually we wouldn't be terribly excited about, right? A nose tackle doesn't really move the needle a ton, and it wouldn't if he was a regular nose tackle. But DJ Reader is a guy who's like 350 pounds, incredibly strong, and he's a good pass rusher. That is the difference. So not only does Hargrave make your linebackers better by being an immovable object at the point of attack, by having the recovery speed 
and the speed generally to get out to the sideline on occasion and affect outside running plays and screen plays. But he also can get upfield and disrupt the pass. He has an incredible bull rush. And this season, he really showed some serious growth as a pass rush recording, according to PFF, a career-high 36 pressures. He finished with PFF, giving him an 85.5 overall grade that ranked fourth amongst players that played at least 50% of their team's snaps at interior defensive line. That's ahead of Geno Atkins. That's well ahead of Andrew Billings, who, also a young player, has some promise, is not as good of a player as DJ Reader. Reader was a fifth-round pick out of Clemson. He's going to be 26 by the time the 2020 season starts. And paired with Geno Atkins and Carlos Dunlap, Josh Tupo, the other guy who will probably be playing a bit of three-tech, a bit of five-tech for the Bengals. This is a very good signing. And for a team that wants to essentially be a 3-4 base, they needed a true nose tackle. And along with Javon Hargrave in this free agent market, very strong class of free agent interior defensive linemen, DJ Reader is a cream of the crop. And he gets a deal that's essentially the same as what Javon Hargrave got. It goes one year longer. So DJ Reader under contract with the Bengals through his age 30 season. This is a great signing for the Bengals. And after many Bengals fans, myself included, were very frustrated with the team not getting Joe Schobert, hearing that they're in and couldn't close the deal on Schobert after he goes to Jacksonville for too much money in too many years. And if you're looking at that contract in a vacuum, you're a little bit thankful that they didn't get it done because that's too much money, in my opinion, to pay Joe Schobert. But they don't pay Corey Littleton either. Three years, $36 million with 22 guaranteed. This is a very good free agent signing. They, did, they didn't get Nick Kwiatkowski yesterday. He also goes to the Raiders. And, and the frustration starts to build. But then they go out, they drop a huge amount of money. The biggest free agent signing in the history of the team. Four years, $53 million on DJ Reader. And then, just moments later, we're sitting here thinking, this is great. This is probably all they're doing, though. At least until you get to the bargain bin. Then they go sign Trey Waynes from the Minnesota Vikings to another huge deal. He gets $42 million dollars. Over three years. Now, most of that money is up front. It's reported that $20 million is in the first year. So that means there's a big roster bonus and a relatively small signing bonus that will be prorated over the rest of the life of the deal. But the second two years of the deal is only going to be $11 million per year. So they front load this quite a bit. And he was a top 11 pick. He was picked 11th in the 2015 draft by the Minnesota Vikings. He's been a very good run defender. He's generally been a very good tackler, but he hasn't been what you would expect from an 11th overall pick at cornerback. Now, there's some positional value here that is tied up in this deal. And when you think about it as really the next two years being $11 million per year, the money gets a little bit easier to stomach, but he has a lot of the same strengths and weaknesses as Drake Kirkpatrick with a little bit more speed, and he's much better in run defense. So there are some specific areas in which he's an improvement. There are other areas where it's going to be the same stuff. Can't find the ball in the air. Has some difficulty with in-breaking routes. 
but he does have a few advantages over Kirkpatrick. He has less penalties and he will be the direct replacement. He's not going to be a slot guy. They're not going to move Dre to safety. This is replacing Dre Kirkpatrick. So two huge moves from the Bengals in free agency. And the signs that they were going to treat this free agency a little bit differently have finally come to fruition. A day and a half of patience was all it took. So good news for everybody, myself included. Uh, I was able to get Joe on the phone. He's working right now as I record. It's 10 o'clock Eastern time. And I was able to get him on the phone. He's working a night shift. But we talked a little bit about the DJ Reader signing, about how surprised both of us were. And I take that victory lap because uh, it feels good to have read the tea leaves right when everything was looking wrong. And I did lose the faith a little bit this morning on Twitter. If you follow me, you saw me talk about, man, if they're not going to change, I am. But then they changed. And, you know, I gave them the caveat of there's time for them to prove me wrong. And they did in short order. So in just a minute, I'll be back with Joe to talk about these signings a little bit. And then later on in the show, I've got Arif Hassan from The Athletic Minnesota to get into the detail of Trey Waynes. He's got that firsthand perspective, and it'll be good to get that outside perspective as well. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And I've got Joe. Joe's at work. I didn't think that I was going to get Joe today, but as always, when Joe's at work and I'm at home ready to record, when Joe works nights, he, he records during the day. But during the day, it wasn't very exciting, and the stuff we recorded during the day isn't relevant anymore because they signed G.J. Reader, Joe. They signed Trey Waynes. I'll talk with Arif Hassan later about Trey Waynes, although I don't talk to him about the money. So maybe let's start Let's start with Trey Waynes' money. Uh, he gets $14 million a year on average from the Bengals, but do you feel any better because of the way they front-loaded that deal? Maybe. I mean, that means the next two years will be you know, digestible in some way. I guess it really depends on is he the Trey Waynes that he was for Minnesota or do the Bengals feel they can get more out of him? It's not uncommon for a corner to be a little bit different in a different system under different circumstances around the league in terms of uh, when guys get signed and, and move on to another defense. Waynes in Minnesota, I think, in terms of coverage, was very similar to Drake Kirkpatrick. Now, he's a he's a tall, fast guy, but he doesn't have the ball skills, um, and he doesn't change directions very well. And I yeah. think that's very obvious if you look at his profile from the draft years, yep, right? Totally. Um, but he's a, he's a great tackler and a physical guy, so you are getting an upgrade there and a little bit less penalties. Dre's getting a penalty about one uh, once every 105 snaps, and Trey Waynes is once every 180 snaps. So you should be able to go a game, two games and a half with him rather than a game and a half with Kirkpatrick without a, a killer penalty. So that's that's positive. Those are the two negatives and the things I already always said about Kirkpatrick. If you didn't have the missed tackles and the penalties, we'd like him a lot more. And, and the one thing that you get with Waynes that you didn't get with Dre is a little bit more long speed. So yeah. one of the things that Reef talks about, and I'm not going to spoil it because I talked to him in the next segment, but – he takes away the deep ball a little bit because of the speed, because of his recovery speed. So 
he, he kind of disincentivizes a deep throw. But let's focus on the big win of the day. PFF has given the DJ Reader signing a very good grade. They have, I think, three different good grades. They have Elite, which is the Drew Brees and Brian Bulaga deals. They have Very mm-hmm. Good, which is most of the good signings. Bengals franchise tagging AJ Green is in here. And so, too, well, Corey Littleton's in there for the Raiders, which is a bit of a gut punch, but... So is DJ Reader, who was one of the best defensive tackles in football. And $53 million, Joe, I was right. You were right. You are right on this again, that uh, they went and got a tier one guy, man. I was stunned. It's funny because as the, you know, day two was kind of at the midway point there when they did it. And I remember just looking at the spreadsheet and saying, oh, there's only three guys here. I don't think they're in on Jadavion Clowney I'd like them to be on haha Clinton Dix but man DJ Reader they come away with that then really that wipes away everything um, that I've felt in the last 36 hours and I put a poll on Twitter and within 15 minutes it was announced that they signed DJ Reader and I was like I can't believe this and the money they gave him I was wrong again because they don't typically give out that money or right. make a guy the highest paid at that position and you know another thing too we talked about the interior defensive line class in free agency and how mm-hmm. strong it was. And you know what? You should go spend there instead of instead of the draft because it's not that strong in the draft, right? And, uh, you know, when they when they did it, I'm like, it, it all works out. It, it, it's great. And another thing is normally nose tackles were like, don't do it. But mm-hmm. he's different because he actually gets pressure. He can actually rush the passer. 700-something snaps last year is, is not normal for a nose no. tackle. And you look at his – Pass rush productive productivity and win rate, it's in the top 10 for, or I think it's number 12 for defensive tackles last year for uh, pro football focus. That's good. You're going to get a guy that's going to take on double teams. And if he doesn't, you want to double up Geno Atkins, you're actually going to get someone that's going to cause some dis- disruption and really, I think he's going to help out the entire defense. As soft as they were the last few years up the middle, you get a true nose tackle like that and it makes all the world difference. And I think there's an argument that DJ Reader might improve your linebacking group just as much as a linebacker would because of how dominant he is. Like, you cannot move DJ Reader. The Bengals have not had a guy you cannot move and also has a little bit of burst to his game, like, mm-hmm. ever. Because you can move Geno Atkins if you get lucky because he, he's not a 350-pound man like DJ Reader is. But – DJ Reader is that with juice. Like he has that burst to his game. Career high 36 pressures had an 85 and a half overall grade with Geno Atkins, Carlos Dunlap with Sam Hubbard with uh, Carl Lawson. Of course. I mean that again, we're talking again, the front, the, the defensive line is a strength of this team. You know, I compared him to a little bit. Uh, we were talking about Derek Brown, John Owning, and I a couple weeks ago on Twitter. And I said, he kind of looks John Brown, or uh, Derek Brown is the defensive tackle from Auburn, yeah. projected to be a top 15 guy this year. Didn't test that well. Uh, but on tape, you're like, man, he's athletic. He's strong. I, I think he's going to be good. I said, he tests kind of in the DJ Reader range. And John Owning said, that's who I think of too. And I think, and I love DJ Reader. And I'm like, yeah, me too. He kind of reminds me of Albert Hainsworth. Albert Hainsworth didn't test that well either. Big guy that could actually move. And Hainsworth was getting like three sacks a year, three and a half, four sacks a year. And then he got 15 sacks over a two-year span in his fifth and sixth year. Those big defensive tackles sometimes, if they're not great pass rushers, they can develop into it slowly. And I think we're just now starting to see that with Reader. I love buying 
low on a guy or buying low in terms of pass rush. It's one of the reasons why I like Javon Hargrave so much because I thought there was so much more pass rush mm-hmm. potential to him. When these guys are 25 years old, like Reader is, will be 26 this next year, you're buying at the right time. And mm-hmm. uh, I so for me, it's an A-plus free agent signing. Yeah, it was. It, I was floored, right? Because this morning I was sitting there thinking, you know what, I'm done. I'm out. They're not doing anything. And I'm just, I can't. And then they immediately shut me up. And this is exactly what I thought might happen yesterday when I said, I'm going to withhold my judgment. If we're at the same spot tomorrow at this time, and I didn't wait, I got impatient. I know. And I got riled up because I started seeing these deals like Corey Littleton signed a reasonable deal. Yep. And, 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 I'm, and the Joe Schober that they were in on it, but couldn't match the offer. Yeah. Basically. Well, and it's like, ah. But I, I, I have a hard time blaming them for that because you want Mike Brown to bid against a billionaire. And it's just like, you don't blame them for it, but it still sucks. Yeah. And I don't want him to match that offer. You know, someone asked me, would you have given that if it was your, t-? no, I wouldn't have done no. that for Schober. And no so like when I, I step back and I say, Oh, you know, you're right. They, they sh- shouldn't have done that deal. But at the same time, hearing them that they were unable to match it or couldn't unwilling, whatever the wording was, um, that just before signing reader was kind of like a, ah, oh, damn moment. I'm glad we didn't have to live in that moment too long because very quickly we heard the reader signing. Yeah. I, I immediately had to eat my words and I was very happy to, right? Like you can't, Same here. I, and I'm, I'm still interested. Like I want to see what the full deal looks like for, for both of these guys. We heard for Trey Wayne's that it's, it's very front loaded 20 million of the 42 million mm-hmm. in the first year, which means those second two years instead of it being 14 million a year, because you know, he's going to be on the team this year, the next two years, it's only uh, 11 million, right? There's 22 yep. million left. So if, if there's like an $8 million roster bonus this year, that probably means that if it goes bad, there's a contingency there and, and you know, they, they can get out of it if they really need to. But what's going to be interesting is now what happens to Drake Kirkpatrick? We're mm-hmm. hearing whispers that he's on the trading block. You're not going to get much in return, but there's no way that they're going to be able to pay him and the other guys they have in the secondary at this point. And I, I think Wayne's plays the exact spot that Kirkpatrick oh, yeah. does. So it's not like I, I don't – some said maybe he's a safety or maybe he's an – I don't think that's it. I don't no. think any of those guys are moving. I think he's a, a direct replacement for Kirkpatrick. Now they have to figure out their nickel job. Is it another free agent coming down the line? You know, if you can get them cheap enough. And those guys tend to be a little bit cheaper. And Or is it – BW Webb and you let Darius Phillips get another crack at it after his rookie year or are we talking then we got to start scouting some nickel and slot corners that can potentially be third fourth fifth round picks yeah I mean Dark Quesnar goes to the Jaguars as well for only what 16 million for three years six million dollars guaranteed they must be letting him play outside because otherwise I, I can't imagine the Bengals wouldn't match that deal yeah, I'm with you on that. I was surprised at the deal, but he's never gotten the interest out there that I feel he should have. And I, it's got to be largely because he can't decide or maybe he has decided on where he wants to play. And teams don't view the same way because um, I'm forgetting the name of the the first round. DJ Hayden is who the Jaguars have, who is a really good nickel slot guy. And you can't have two of those or you can, but I don't know how that works. So I, I think he may be looking to play outside. It'll be interesting to see how that works for him. Uh, last thing, Joe, before you go, what do you think? Tom Brady's going to Tampa. What's going to happen with Dalton? Cam Newton's on the block. Is Dalton yeah. going to Chicago? Are they going to get it done with New England? What What are you thinking? I have no idea, to be honest. And the fact that they made two signings, 
makes me feel, and I don't know if that's right, but I feel like maybe it's close to a resolution for Dalton, whether whether that be a release or a trade. Um, just because how that normally conservative they are with their cap, they probably if they're going to eat 20 million on Wayne's, they probably love to get 17.7 off the books pretty quickly. Yeah, and they're going to have to move Dre's money too because. Right now, they, they might even be over the cap, just like we were talking about with the Steelers. They're, they're probably not. Even if it's $22 million for Waynes and like fifteen yep. for Reader this year, they're still... Actually, that might put them right up against the cap temporarily until they move on from Dalton and Kirkpatrick. But Joe, you got to go. Yep. Uh, thanks for making some time while you're at work. Hope the rest of your shift goes well. In just a minute, I'll be back with Arif Hassan to talk Trey Waynes. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Now I'm joined by Arif Hassan from The Athletic Minnesota to talk a little bit about Trey Waynes. And I've talked a little bit about this already. The money is not what you want to see for a guy that's produced the way Waynes has produced to this point in his career. But what I see, if I'm trying to sell this, and I'm going to try to sell it a little bit here, and then you can tell me why I'm wrong, is he's a guy that ran really well at the Combine, had really poor agility numbers, but has the speed has generally been a good tackler, has generally been, especially for an outside cornerback, a good run defender. And as a guy who's familiar with Mike Zimmer, I'm used to his cornerbacks being pretty good against the run, but I'm also used to them being pretty good in coverage. So when I see a guy like Trey Waynes, who's PFF grade for coverage, has never been better than 67 his rookie year when he hardly played, I have some concerns. So what what specifically, Arif, can you tell us about Trey Waynes in coverage? Yeah, um, I, I'm not familiar with the with the scheme the Bengals run defensively nowadays, knowing that uh, they're no longer a clone of, of Zimmer. That's true. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I would primarily put him in cover three, cover four type schemes. You know, he obviously came from a cover four scheme at Michigan State. Um, the Vikings run a variety of schemes under Zimmer, so it's not as if Dwayne's was like this perfect system for what they did, but, they you know, they ended up making it work in the in the second half of – of 2018, I think was his um, was kind of his magnum opus, as it were. You know, he had he had a really great eight to ten game stretch then, uh, and and that was kind of about the realization of his potential. He didn't really fulfill that this year. Um, you know, he wasn't as bad as Rhodes, so he didn't get a ton of conversation in Vikings land. But you know, he has has some issues in terms of things like ball tracking. So when you take a look at the way that he plays and the reason that he's a better fit in cover three, cover four style systems is because he would play exclusively on the outside. He's not very good at in-breaking routes. Uh, and we saw, you know, his his agility testing, it kind of matches what, what he does on the film. He's got pretty tight hips and he relies on speed turns in order to, uh, you know, cover in-breaking routes, which creates some windows of opportunity for receivers. And also is fairly easy to exploit because you're opening your hips the opposite way. So, uh, you know, for a while he's susceptible to double moves within breaking routes and stuff like that. Um, he is a pretty physical receiver despite, you know, weighing in. And I think he weighed in at the combine at 186. He hasn't added a ton of weight since then. Regardless, he's been a pretty good physical receiver. He's been pretty good at the catch point when he gets his head turned around. 
Um, that's a pretty key statement. You know, he doesn't always, even when he's in phase, get his head turned around. You know, sometimes, you know, we criticize cornerbacks for, for not getting their head turned around and they're half a step behind. So it's better for them to play hands instead of play the ball. Uh, and, um, and, you know, he, he does an okay job of playing hands, but when he's in phase, he needs to do a better job of of tracking the ball and, and contesting it before it arrives at the receiver. And, and that's been an issue for him. And so very often Vikings fans will remark on the frequency at which Waynes is in the right spot in terms of coverage, creates a small passing window, and then doesn't do anything about it, and it ends up being a, a deep reception. So uh, that's been an issue. Uh, and that's probably a primary reason his coverage grade has never been really phenomenal because, um, you know, for a while he was the most targeted cornerback in the NFL, especially the front half of that 2018 season, but also 2017, I think he might've been the most targeted per route as well, or at least up there. Um, so even though he was in good coverage in terms of like physical placement, um, the combination of Rhodes being an excellent cornerback and the fact that Waynes didn't seem to do a great job contesting these catches made it easy for quarterbacks to kind of pick on him. So, and that's despite the fact that Rhodes would be following around the top receiver. So quarterbacks much preferred the the number two receiver to Trey Wayne's matchup. Um, so yeah, you know, he's got, you know, he's got a lot of speed. He's actually pretty great when it comes to deterring deep routes by being in position. And, you know, obviously the deeper you go, the smaller that window becomes. And so his excellent position becomes pretty great deterrence. And, you know, when he, when he is having a, a good game, he does have kind of a, a good sense for the ball. It just seems like those games can be kind of far apart. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, you know, he's a really great run defender. I would argue he might be the best run defending cornerback in the NFL right now, which means different things in different eras. Right now, I wouldn't argue it means a ton. It's pretty good. But it's not like he's Antoine Winfield or anything like that. So uh, he's a very good run defender. But I, I don't want to, like, oversell that part. Um, so yeah, I, 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 you'd never trust him in the slot. The Vikings tried him in the slot. Uh, his rookie year didn't even make it out of a uh, rookie mini camp doing that. They, it, they just ended that experiment right away. He's just doesn't have the hips for it. So he's got some pretty significant weaknesses. I do like his strengths and I think that they contribute to why, you know, he isn't always getting burned or anything like that because it is difficult to find the right throwing window, uh, when he's in coverage. But when it comes to, the point at which he's targeted it begins to break down. It looks like he doesn't give up a ton of yards after catch, and everything that you say lines up with what my kind of impression was. My co-host, who is unfortunately at work right now, you know Joe Goodberry. You saw him in Mobile at some point. Yeah, love Joe. Yeah, Joe, Joe and I have fun. But uh, he, he tweeted some stuff. You know, he has trouble with double moves. He has the same – it sounds like Drake Kirkpatrick, right, when you start to talk about <laughs> – Same system, right? Well, they they certainly come from the same system, and, and yeah. they have very similar results, except you see Drake Kirkpatrick on the wrong end of some Le'Veon Bell highlight reels, you know, the, the stiff arms. Um, and, and I think you'll get a little bit less of that with Waynes. And I, I don't want to overstate the importance of the run defense either, because that's certainly secondary to coverage ability for cornerbacks. But when you go from Drake Kirkpatrick outside, who has the same issues in coverage, he has a hard time finding the ball in the air, He's grabby. And I'm looking at, at Wayne's here. He only has 19 penalties in five years. I feel yeah, like that's he's, he's not, not that as bad. grabby as he was in college. You know, yeah. he, he uh, as soon as he was basically informed of how the rules work in the NFL, and it took a, a second uh, in the preseason, his rookie year, um, 
he he figured it out. It's it's not like Rhodes, who's always been grabby his entire the Vikings always grab grabby guys, but uh it's not like Rhodes who's always been like that and uh racks up some penalties when he becomes a little bit imprecise in terms of hiding it from the refs. Um he was he was super grabby in college, and I think that was primarily because of his weakness against double moves. You know, I, I, he wasn't grabby to be overly physical. I think he was grabby to make up some lost ground. Um, but yeah, he's not he's not really all that penalty prone in the NFL, and I think that's because uh, his recovery speed is just phenomenal, and so he doesn't really need to do that. So I think I saw somebody was in my mentions today, and they said, you know, he's been getting better every year. He's been improving areas of weakness. Is that true in your opinion? You, you talked about a breakout in the second half of 18 as much as, you know, a guy that's an average starting corner in the NFL, let's say, could break out. Do you, do you think that there's cause for optimism? Or, I mean, I, my opinion is from, from listening to you, from looking at just his combine numbers, the hips are always going to be an issue. And uh, maybe you can hide it a little bit. The Bengals have done a lot of single high stuff. They're doing a lot of cover three right now, and they're doing some weird inverse zones as well that got them burned a lot last year, which I, I hope they throw out or maybe maybe adding I some hate speed. inverse zones so much. I hate it. They got burned like thirty or sorry, like seventy five percent of the time. They ran those inverted zones. They gave up touchdowns because you have corners trying to cover posts coming from the opposite side of the field when they come into their zone, and it's just insane. Um, it's, it's a lot. Um, yeah, uh, he. I mean, he, he he's reflective of those combine numbers. I, in, the statement he's get it, he got better every year. I think was true up until 2018, um, because he was abysmal his rookie year. I know, I, like I guess like his coverage grade was pretty good on like eight snaps or something, um, but his uh, his preseason was brutally bad. I, I remember the Hall of Fame game. I I didn't like the pick at 11, so I kind of crowed about it a little bit his rookie year in his first preseason game because I'm a super mature adult uh and uh uh it, it was just rough in in practices and in camp he just wasn't finding ways to get it done and I think you know the preseason of of his second year in the NFL showed pretty significant improvement by the time we got to to that 2018 stretch um I I think that he had kind of peaked and I think that that back half of 2018 um he was a significantly above average cornerback for that stretch, but he regressed as I think you might expect, you know, given that you've only got like eight games, even if they're all in a row in eight game sample of, of really high play probably does not weigh like three other seasons of play. Um, he regressed, but not too far. And he ended up being, like you said, about an average corner that I think benefited from the fact that for the beginning of the season, Rhodes was following uh, receivers around and then, after that, after Rhodes is struggling a little bit too much for that, uh, teams intentionally put their receivers on Rhodes. And so uh, there were uh, a couple of things that kind of helped Waynes out in that capacity. But, you know, for the most part, I'd call him on balance relatively average for a corner because, again, he does a great job of creating some difficult throwing windows. It's just kind of all the other stuff that that comes with it. Well, I think for Bengals fans, then this sounds like Drake Kirkpatrick with a little bit of run defense. Last question, and maybe this is going to be quick. True or false, his tackling regressed this year. His PFF tackling grade went from being, you know, three years in a row of solidly above average to 56 this year. 
they have him with nine missed tackles. Is that something that you noticed on tape, or is that a fluke? Uh, to to me, it struck me as a fluke. I, I remember looking at that grade after uh, a game and, and agreeing with the game grade, but not the season grade. Mm-hmm. I think he didn't have as many tackling opportunities, and you have the numbers in front of you. You can check me on that. But um, I think it was like two or three just like brutally egregious open field missed tackles, mm-hmm. um, which, I mean, Rhodes actually had had like two or three brutal ones too, but you know, he doesn't have a reputation of being an amazing tackler like Waynes does. So right. he didn't get the the kind of reputational credit that Waynes has. So, uh, yeah, he had, he had some bad ones that probably hurt his grade. The problem is cornerbacks don't get that many tackles. So uh, mm-hmm. when you're looking at a sample where – You've got like eight or nine missed tackles and two or three of them are, are the kind that get you like a minus 2.0 grade or something. Right. Uh, it's going to really impact your tackling grade in a way that I think is outsized compared to overall tackling abilities. So in one way, it regressed because he he had a poor performance this season. But in another way, I don't think it reflects a change in his true skill level. So for Bengals fans, I think we're hoping for a faster Drake Kirkpatrick who can defend the run a little bit. And, you know, maybe the speed helps prevent some of the deep stuff. But uh, we'll, we'll see. Because right now for the Bengals, they're still need at slot corner. Uh, they've now got William Jackson and Trey Waynes outside. I don't think Drake Kirkpatrick will be a Bengal for more than a couple more days here. They cannot afford to pay him and Trey Waynes. And the fifth year option on William Jackson. So Arif really appreciate you coming on, telling us a little bit more about some, some detail, some, some nice firsthand observation about Trey Waynes and uh, how's Mike Zimmer doing out there. You guys still like him? I mean, I do. I, you know, he's a 600 coach. I think uh, it's pretty difficult to find <laughs> um, with like five different quarterbacks. Yeah. So. Uh, I like him. The, the, the idea that, that he's on the hot seat, Seems to both be true and absurd, so we'll see. Yeah, it just happens, I think, after a period of time. There's just these sky-high expectations for NFL teams, and I, I really like Mike Zimmer. I, I, if I were to defect, uh, it used to be that I would go straight to the Vikings for Mike Zimmer, but now I think I would just pick a team with a fun quarterback because I watched Andy Dalton for 10 years. But- you can't be a Baltimore fan, so I, what do you, you, you got left? Uh, you know, I could. And I, <laughs> and, I, and I know my audience is going to hate listening to that, but when I was thinking about defecting from the Bengals before they signed DJ Reader today, I was like, man, you're going to have to try hard to talk me out of Baltimore because they have a good front office. They, and a nose they tackle s- did it? Man, well, you're a cheap date. DJ Reader's really good. He's really good. He's also like a nose tackle. Yeah, but he he can pass rush. He can. Uh, he's he's kind of Linval Josephy uh, four years ago. <laughs> so so what it is though is that they they spent money and my thing was if they're not going to try, okay, that's, I get it, I get it, that's fair. Yeah, because they weren't. It looks like you know they missed on all the linebackers, and I'm like, all right, this is it. They're not going to do any because like I'm like, there's no way they're signing DJ Reader. There's no way. There's no way they're going to spend more than ten million dollars on a free agent because they haven't. It's been five and a half million is the biggest annual average salary they've given out. And they did. And so that, that buys some goodwill. And, and I know that's a low bar and, and maybe there's some Stockholm stuff going on here, but it buys some goodwill. That's fair. Uh, after years of watching Demato Pecco, I, I, I guess you can appreciate good nose tackle play. And it's crazy because <laughs> he went to Denver and then he, he was suddenly good. Anyway, Arif, 
Really appreciate you coming on on short notice here, talking to us about Trey Waynes. We don't like the money. We have hopes that there is marginal improvement from the player in a few specific areas. And uh, maybe we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, it'd be good to be back on. So that's Arif Hassan talking Trey Waynes. That's it for us on the Lockdown Bengals podcast today. Let's all revel in this bit of glory. Maybe we don't love both of the deals, but I really like that they're trying. And I really like that they're doing regular NFL team things in free agency. They've opened up the checkbook. They've spent big money. Maybe you don't agree with Trey, Trey Wayne's money, but you have to be excited for DJ Reader. And Arif makes a good point. Maybe maybe I'm a cheap date being that excited by a nose tackle, but he's really good, and they needed one. He fills a need. He's one of the best players in the NFL at his position, and they're trying. And that's what we ask for, right? is we ask for them to try. They're not spending this money on retreats. Maybe they're a little bit misguided in Trey Wayne's, but he is an improvement, I think, slightly over Drake Kirkpatrick in those specific areas. We'll be back tomorrow to talk about the official open of free agency at 4 Eastern time when these signings will become official. Maybe we'll have some news about Andy Dalton being traded. Maybe we'll have some news about the Bengals moving on from Drake Kirkpatrick. We're expecting that to come to fruition pretty quickly here now that the Bengals have spent this money. But they're operating differently, and that's got to give some cause for optimism as things go forward. Maybe it doesn't all get fixed in a year, but they're showing signs of doing business in the way modern NFL teams do business, and that's all I ask for. Until tomorrow, Bengals fans, have a good one. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.